0: It's not talent that makes the best in the world. It's consistency.
1: Every day is a competition against your pride, comfort zone, fear, complacency, snooze alarms, bad habits, bad relationships, and more. New week! What's happening, competitors? That's right,
0: we are rocking and rolling with a brand new episode of the Compete Every Day podcast, and this is an absolute fun one with Dr. Greg Wells. Dr. Wells is a scientist, professor, broadcaster, and author. He has dedicated his career to understanding human performance and how the human body responds to extreme conditions. But a lot of our conversation today is how the human mind responds to certain adversities and opportunities. See, Dr. Wells' entire life was changed when he was a kid and fractured his neck. He was told he would never swim again. It was that injury, that moment that ultimately catapulted him down the path he is on today, impacting others' lives physically and mentally. We get into a lot of conversation around mindset, mindfulness, gratitude, consistency, everything you need as a competitor to reach your full potential in your career, your relationships, your health, and your life. So you're going to dig a lot of value out of today's talk with Dr. Wells, and I know, I know it's going to better equip you to win this week's competition. Before we dive into the show, I just want to remind you, if you want to get in touch with us, email podcast at competeveryday.com. We'd love for you to say hi, recommend a show topic, recommend a guest, get connected, or just say what's up. Everything comes through to the show, and we read each and every one of those. Additionally, if you found value from any episode this season, season two or season one, do me one little favor and just share it with a friend. If Dr. Wells' conversation today sparked something in you, will you share this episode with one friend in your email, Facebook, shoot him a text message, but spread that message forward. Help others adopt the competitor mindset so that they can live up to their full potential at work and in life. Now, let's rock and roll with a brand new podcast episode featuring Dr. Greg Wells. Greg, how are you today? Good, buddy. Thanks for having me on the show. It's great to be here. Yeah, no, I'm excited. It was fun. We had the chance to sit down on your show, uh, and so I've been itching to get you back on ours on the Compete Everyday podcast. So, uh, why don't you tell our listeners and viewers today who you are, a little bit about Dr. Wells, Uh, man, then we're going to dive in and have some fun
2: all right so i am a scientist i'm a human physiologist i study how the human body works i've sort of done that as an athlete growing up i was a swimmer and done some triathlon and stuff ever since then some bike stuff uh i was a professor for a long time at the university of toronto in kinesiology uh, i'm currently a scientist at the hospital for sick children we do exercise medicine research uh, i've started writing some books i've got a few books out now and I'm just trying to make the world a better place and trying to help people reach their potential through the science of human physiology. And it's going great. I'm just having the blast. Life is good. And it's great to be back on your show.
0: Dude, I, I love that. And more fascinating to me is, is kind of where a lot of this passion came from and, and your pursuits of it. Because you had an injury when you were a kid swimming uh, that for a lot of people – completely changes their life for you it completely changed your life but has influenced the work that you do Um, if you can share with our listeners a little bit about kind of one of those big moments with you
2: yeah sure so i was on the national youth swim team for canada and we were down in florida at a training camp when i was 15 years old and you know we had the morning off before we went to uh where we were supposed to go to a swim meet in the afternoon but we had the morning off so my buddies and i went play playing in the waves as you do and we were doing some body surfing and a big huge wave uh, picked me and my buddy up dropped us uh, headfirst into the beach. He dislocated his shoulder and I broke my neck and that led to uh, my, uh, Sorry, uh, about 10 days in the hospital in Florida before I got flown home in a Learjet, which was super cool uh, And then they put me in a halo vest for almost three months to immobilize me then on my 16th birthday they did neurosurgery to re- rebuild my my spine and uh, I was told by my surgeon at that point that I would never swim again, which of course immediately sparked me to figuring out how I could swim again. Uh, and then 14 months after I broke my neck, I was uh, at Olympic trials for swimming in Canada. I didn't make the team obviously, but uh, I was able to race at that level and got back and did some World Cups and then I went on to do uh, some Ironman triathlon and did a, a, cycle, a couple marathons, cycled across Africa in 2003 on an expedition that set a world record. So it's been pretty fun ever since. But the whole thing started with that, uh, you know, getting thrown into a beach headfirst and breaking a few of my vertebrae and figuring out human physiology from there on.
0: It's fascinating. Did you have I mean, obviously, when your doctors are like, hey, you're never going to do this again. It was like, oh, watch me. Did you always have that attitude before the injury? Or was the injury kind of the moment that you're like, No, I'm, I'm going to prove someone wrong?
2: Yeah. You know, it's funny. It wasn't almost like I was going to prove someone wrong. It, the instantaneous reaction in my brain at 15 years old, I didn't say it out loud, but I, I, I like she said, and I'm sorry, you're never going to swim again. And I said, fuck you. Part of, I hope I didn't offend anyone here. I'm sorry. I was just like being honest and truthful. But like, I said, F you. And it wasn't mad at her, but it was just like, it was so counter to everything that I was thinking. Like I was a swimmer. This is who I was. Uh, I was gonna get out of this halo and I was gonna swim again. The fact that you're telling me that that's impossible is just not even in my comprehension. So it's not gonna happen. And I don't know if that you know, led to me or if it was just that's who I always was and that's something my parents in, had instilled in me or you know, my genetics gifted me with. Um, but it's happened happened repeatedly. Like when I was doing my masters, I was doing an incredibly difficult course on endocrinology, hormones of the human body. And it was so difficult and my, my prof, Um, basically told me like, you're not smart enough. You need to drop this course. (laughs) It's like, it's just not happening. I'm going to finish this course. I ended up doing quite well. Uh, And then subsequently uh, when I had a heart infection just a few years ago and I was in the hospital, another, you know, doctor said, you know, you're probably never going to do Ironman again. Well, sure enough, 12 months later I did Ironman. So I just refuse to listen to people when they tell you that you can't do things. There's always a way. And lately I've been speaking a lot at schools and I say things like you guys ever heard of JK Rowling? She wrote Harry Potter. And like, of course, she was rejected 20 times before she got her first Harry Potter book accepted. And the kids can't believe it. And I'm like, have you heard of anyone named Michael Jordan? Like, no, like he's sort of like LeBron James was when I was growing up and they're like, he was kicked off his high school team. And so I don't know. Everyone's had times when someone's told them they can't do something. And mine happened early and it definitely it, it gave me confidence at an early age that if you really set your mind to doing something that you can absolutely do it and never listen to the naysayers. You want to always gather information. You want to learn from people. You want to get people's opinions, especially those that you respect, uh, but never allow anyone to determine, uh, you know, the quality of your life or what you end to do with your life.
0: So one of the things that's fascinating about what you said is, is that each of those points from recovering from the injury to the school and obviously going through a tough course to training and doing an Ironman. Those are very long tasks, not only in just the moment of dealing with the injury and rehabilitation back, but getting through a semester of a course to training for an Ironman, you're training for it and then you're competing in it. It's a long deal. A lot of times we have these things that happen to us in life, like an injury or these things that we sign up to do like a race. And once we start the distance between where we suddenly find ourselves and where we're trying to ultimately get to is too great for a lot of people. And that, that voice in the back of their head is, is having them check out and telling them to quit and run. When in all reality, it's about one step at a time, one day at a time, controlling that process. Have you found with your work today, especially working with individuals and, and helping them in, in the physiology and things like that, that your experiences of of having to take on these mountain size obstacles one small chunk at a time has been able to help and translate to them, and you've seen them start to attack with that same mindset?
2: Yeah, really good question. And as you were asking that question, I had a whole bunch of things go through my mind, so I'll share them, and hopefully some of them lead people to some insights. Uh, They are huge obstacles. I mean, the greatest things in life that you – Achieve are the ones that are the hardest to achieve. They're the ones that you look back upon and you're like, wow, that was unbelievable. I can't believe that I did that. And then, you, of course, you adopt the next one, whatever that happens to be. Especially if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably of that mindset. So, we're all going to have a good time with this answer. And what I've found for other people is a couple things. First of all, the idea of breaking things down into 1% at a time is huge. If you think about some of the team sky work, Uh, over the last few years when they were winning their tour de France championships and gold medals at the Olympics. If you trust that they were not doping and, and take that out of the equation, then they did a number of things that were very interesting. They put booties on all their riders to improve the efficiency of the feet moving through the air. When they were on their bikes, they looked at the type of rubber in the, the tires to decrease the rolling resistance. They put everyone in to, uh, wind tunnels to perfect, uh, their positioning on the bike and maybe even just dropping the elbows in on the handlebars could decrease the wind resistance. They went after a series of little micro 1% gains that in aggregate led to them being, being one of the best teams in the world for a long period of time. And that's the, probably the easiest thing that people can do if they're trying to get to something is not necessarily worry about the big, huge thing that you're trying to accomplish and doing it all at once. But Can you deconstruct it? Can you break it down into its component pieces? Can you find all of the contributing factors that are going to determine whether or not you're able to get there? Can you then target three to five of those things that you're going to go after to improve? Can you do one of those this month? And by breaking it down into smaller and smaller and smaller pieces, you end up making it something that's not only uh, possible, but, but actually inevitable. And that's how we've been doing it. And that's the thing that, uh, has worked for athletes. That's the thing that's worked for business people. That's the thing that works often for, for people that are trying to overcome health obstacles. And it's just the aggregate of 1% gains. But here's another piece that's had tremendous benefit. And it's, it's a mindset shift that I learned from Dan Sullivan at strategic coach. And he calls it the gap. And that is that we often as humans, especially if you are the type of person listening to this podcast you are probably thinking about the next thing. You are probably looking forwards. You are probably goal setting, you're dream setting, you're trying to achieve something in your life. What he said is that's all fine, very important, absolutely crucial, but what is essential for us as high achievers is to look back and to appreciate how far you've come and what you've accomplished, especially in the last three months, six months, a year, and that is, in fact, what gives you the confidence to move forwards. It's very deliberately pausing, looking back, and realizing how much you've grown, how much you've changed. And when you do that, you recognize that, wow, okay, I have come so far. I've done so much stuff. I've overcome so many obstacles that, yeah, you know what? The next thing that I'm planning is just part of the pattern that I've always had in my life, and we're going to do that too. And so it's not just looking forwards and doing that in a – 1% at a time strategy, but it's also looking back and appreciating how far you've come. And ultimately, I think doing those two things, look forwards, look back, then gives, it, gives you some guidance about what you need to do in the present moment. And then we can get into all of that you know, Zen philosophy around how you actually do something in the instant.
0: No, I, I'm, I'm fascinated by a few things you said there. And, and so the one I kind of want to focus on initially is that gratitude piece of looking back Um, It's been a theme, it seems like, on the show this season of a handful of guests talking about their importance of having their daily gratitude time, whether writing one thing down, three things down that they're grateful for every day to keep that perspective. In your work uh, and perhaps your own experience, how have you found individuals able to look back with gratitude versus catching themselves constantly looking back over their shoulder with their eyes stuck on what happened or, or what if, and, and what if I would changed this versus just having gratitude for the lessons learned of that experience, but being able to turn and shift and focus on what's forward too.
2: Yeah, that's a huge issue. So we don't want to be looking back and ruminating. So ruminating thoughts are paralyzing. They get you caught in traps of thinking where you're replaying things that you regret doing, or you replay things that have happened to you. And that's fine. I think we need to do that. Uh, periodically and uh, especially if you have had things happen to you we don't want to minimize that we want to deal with it but getting caught in traps where you're thinking over and over and again about things that uh, you've done or, or have happened can be very paralyzing in terms of moving forwards and daily gratitude is an incredible practice to bring you back into the moment I've got my journal over here somewhere I forget what it's called it's, I think it's called the five-minute journal that is the five-minute journal I've got two of them up on my right up there and That has been a a, a life-altering practice for me and some of the CEOs that I work with. The way that we've managed to do that in business is to, uh, there's external gratitude and internal gratitude, external gratitude on Friday afternoons, write one email to thank someone for something super fast. uh, And when business leaders do that, it's tremendously beneficial. Uh, When I was with the Olympic swim team as a physiologist, one of the things that head coach uh, the head coach put into practice was at the end of the day at our team meeting, everyone had to thank someone for something that they did. It was incredible. Uh, you could do that in your family, thanking people uh, or being grateful for the fact that you've got healthy kids or you had a great dinner or you, you, there's all sorts of ways of incorporating it into your life. But here's the key thing that I think uh, could make a huge difference for people who are listening. And I learned this from Sadhguru, who's a, a mystic in, in India. And I've been sort of listening to a lot of the things that that he's been writing about over the last, listening to and reading a lot of the things that he's been putting out into the world for the last couple of years. And he put forward an idea, uh, radical self-acceptance. And that really is that no matter what you've done, no matter what has happened to you, good or bad, you've done good things, you've done bad things, good things have happened to you, bad things have happened to you, all of which have led to this instant of time. And in this instant of time, there is nothing that you can do to change the past. It is immutable. It is unchangeable. You are who you are. We are where we are in this moment in time. The critical factor for moving forwards is radical self-acceptance. Simply accepting that fact. You are who you are. We are where we are. This is what, um, this is where we are. You are here in this moment, in this instant, and that is unchangeable. It is immutable. So now what you have to move forwards. Given all of that, now what are we going to do? And that has made a huge difference in my life over the last little while is just simply, okay, well, we are where we are. I am as fit as I am. I've built up a business to the point that it is. I've, you know, everything that's happened is right now. You can have regrets, but that's not going to help you. Uh, You can get angry. It's not going to help you. So now what? And so that concept of radical self-acceptance is one that I think can be really powerful for people.
0: I love that. And, and it's so important. It, it ties right into the message. We talk about a lot of a friend of mine shared his midnight rule plays pro baseball. And he talks about, you know, at midnight, he lets the game go like he'll go back and look at oh, the lessons and, and understand what he did right and what he did wrong. But he didn't bring that baggage, that emotional baggage with him the next time, because he knows what matters most is what he does next. Like what happens the next time you step on the field. Um, and so I love that illustration and, and description of what you just shared. Because it's incredibly important to, yes, all of this has happened. Accept yourself, love yourself. And, and it also provides you the gratitude for that. It's made you into who you are today. But now what are you going to do next? Because that is 100% in your control.
2: Yeah. And you, the, you can imagine, you mentioned the pro baseball player. Imagine golfers, like pro golf. You've got to do it shot to shot. Because if you carry the previous shot with you to the next shot, you have no chance, good or bad. So that's a sort of an example. You can watch pro golf and when you see a golfer make a terrible shot, that's the moment that is most interesting. What are they doing to calm themselves down? What are they doing to let that shot go? How do they learn very quickly what they need to shift in order to keep moving forwards? That's, you know, in a microcosm of three minutes, that's probably the the moment where that plays itself out the most.
0: That's right. No. And, and, and the shot to shot is, is more important than, and than anything else. Cause you could shank one next play. You got to get it back. You got to get it rolling again. And, and the greats are able to, they're able to, to stay present with the single shot versus worrying about what just happened. So one, in a lot of your work, you do focused on human performance and how, how is that maximized? How do you reach out and reach that potential? A lot of people, when they hear that phrase, they hear, you know, human potential and, and finding the peak they're automatically assuming athletics and, and physicality and, and what you can do on a sports field, which they're like, oh, well, that's talent. Like it's a median excuse in their head of, oh, this person's more talented. But there's things that the best in the world do that have nothing to do with talent that have to do with their mindset, their focus, and how they perform in those moments. From your experience, what are a couple things that just listeners can be aware of as things that the best in the world are the best at? but it's not something that's solely talent-based.
2: Oh my gosh, almost everything. Uh, It's so funny, and I want everyone to understand that although we use high-performance sport as an example, because it's inspirational and most people have seen it, it's entertainment, so when you reference a certain critical moment in sports, a lot of people have heard of it, so it makes it more interesting. But the greatest performance I've ever seen in my life, athletically, was in a cancer ward at SickKids Hospital. And a little girl, about nine years old, got up, and she's got her chemo stuff everywhere. She's got tubes coming out of her chest. She's got a um, a pole with all of her medicines hanging on it, and she's got needles in her arm, and she's swollen from all of the the drugs and the radiation and the chemo. And she, her getting out of bed and going to the bathroom by herself with no help, and then getting out and coming back and lying down in bed again, was the single greatest athletic achievement I've ever seen anyone do because it was far more difficult than winning a medal at the Olympic Games, given what she was going through in that moment and how she was feeling and what was happening to her body. Uh, So it doesn't matter where you are on the scale of human health and performance. You could be in chemo right now and you could be trying to win a a medal at the Olympic Games. The principles are universal human truths. They work for absolutely everybody. And what I've seen over and over and over again, pattern recognition emerging from, you know, spending so much time in so many different fields is consistency. It's remarkable that if you layer on training uh, consistently over time, shockingly, you get really fit. If you eat healthy foods consistently over a long period of time, you get healthier. If you sleep a lot, your mindset improves. Like it's so straightforward and everyone's always looking for a shortcut a hack, a drug, um, you know, compression gear, which is fine. And all of those things can you know, play into it. Uh, but I had a chance to chat to Troy Taylor, who's the head of sports science for USA skiing, uh, and Alpine and uh, snowboard. And I kept on grilling him in my podcast. I'm like, so Troy, what's the latest thing that the skiers are working on for recovery generations? Like, yeah, you know what? We work hard. We do training. And we have some good food and, we stretch and get some massage, like nothing revolutionary. But what was revolutionary about the Lindsey Vons of the world, the ones who are consistently at the top year after year, according to Troy, was the consistency of their practice. Every single day, they train. Every single day, they do their recovery protocol. Every single day, they're eating healthy foods. And uh, in another field, completely had a chance to listen to John Maxwell, who's a business guru. uh, He's a writer, he's published 85 best-selling books. And one of the things that stuck with me from his it, 30 million copies sold, he sold a lot of books. He's a good writer about yeah. business. And he said, I write every single day, birthdays, holidays, every single day, Sundays, it's a hundred words. Other days it's a chapter, but I write every single day day and the way that he said that over and over and over again he repeated that every single day thing a whole bunch of times and honestly that's pattern recognition now i see that the ones who are consistent the ones who manage themselves the best the ones who stick with it over the long haul there are no shortcuts i don't love the word biohacking even though some people have labeled me as that and i'm interested in the physiology of elite performance like how can we use cold and heat and therapy to improve performance done research on it Uh, I don't love that term because it implies that there's a shortcut. There's something you can do to quickly get through to what everybody else has already got. And it it doesn't work like that. The pattern recognition suggests that it's consistency over time that wins in my experience for the highest performers on the planet, regardless of discipline.
0: I love, man, that's like the key takeaway. Everybody listening has got to run with because it's that small 1%. You're doing it every day. You don't think you're getting much progress. You don't think you're getting much traction, but it's the compounding interest over time that consistency just keeps building, keeps building, keeps building and puts you just light years away from where you would be if you did it, you know, once a week or once a month, every so often, you don't have that same growth right on top of each other. Uh, And so it's incredibly powerful to hear you share that with us in your setting, in your science, in your work and what you see that is. And especially the fact that talent has nothing to do with it. It's that consistency factor that, that helps stand people apart. Greg, for people that are just intrigued by this conversation, man, they want to learn more about the stuff you're working on, writing, uh, speaking. Tell us where we can get connected with you online.
2: Sure. Uh, my website's drgregwells.com. And if you want to learn more about sports science uh, and all that world, I wrote a book called Superbodies. You can check it out. If you're interested in health, I wrote a book called The Ripple Effect – you can check that out. All of my social media are at Dr. Greg Wells. Ping me on whatever platform is best for you. DM me. Happy to answer questions and, and engage and point people towards other resources. Uh, I've got a podcast out, the Dr. Greg Wells podcast, which you've been on episode five, I think you were. So thank you for that. And uh, the more we can help, the better, because that's what life's all about, just helping as many people as humanly possible.
0: Absolutely. We'll be connecting to uh, Greg's website, social, and especially his podcast in the show notes and then down below this video. So you'll be able to log on, check it out. There's some incredible content conversations on there. So Greg, man, this has been a blast. Thanks for coming on. It's been so great. Thanks so much. Can't wait to do another one.